I am going to read sections of chapters 1 verse from a number of different chapters. The first one is chapter 1 verse 3 which is Maliki Yaukmitin and Hazrat Maulana Muhammad Ali has translated that as Master of the Day of Requital. The next one is chapter 97. Sorry, next one is chapter 95 verse 7, which is called the fig. And that is the verses Fama Yukazibuka Badu Biddin. Next one is chapter ninety eight, verse five. <coughs> Vama Miru Illali Abudullah Mukhli Sina Lahuddin Honafa Ava Yuki Musalatawa Yutuzakata wazalika deenul qayyimah And they are enjoined not but to serve Allah, being sincere to Him in obedience, upright, and to keep up prayer and pay the poor rate, and that is the right religion. Hundred and seven verse one. <coughs> Have you seen him who belies religion? Hundred and nine verse six. Lakum dinukum waliyadin. And I end with chapter 9, verse 33. Huvaladi arsala rasulahu bilhuda wadini lahak. He it is who sent his messenger with guidance and the religion of truth that he may cause it to prevail 
over uh, uh, so that he may cause it to prevail over all religions though the polytheists are averse i have recited these few verses from different places because there is a word that i want to discuss and that word is deen and as you would see that hazrat maulana muhammad ali has translated it in different ways fama yukazzibuka ba'du bid-deen who can give who can belie religion another translation someone else has given is who can give the lie to the after about the judgment so they have translated deen as judgment malike maliki yawmiddin master of the day of requital and the way it came about was that uh, <clears throat> we met a, an australian couple and we were having lunch with them and uh, the lady was complaining that muslims force uh, members of uh, other religions to embrace islam and this is why you have violence and you have isis and all these other organizations which um, um coerce people and and if they don't follow islam they they kill them and i recited that uh, one of these verses which lakum deenakum waliyadeen and i said well it means for you is your religion and for me is my religion so you know how can people who follow islam coerce others when in that chapter of the holy quran the holy prophet said i am not going to worship what you worship or you can't convince me that you are right you are not going to worship what i worship or you can't convince uh, i can't convince you that um, i am correct lakum deenakum waliyadi and i translated that as well for you your religion for me my religion but in english hazrat maulana has translated that as for you is your recompense and for me is my recompense and when i got back to the mosque i mentioned this and uh, khalid iqbal sahib pointed out that well it doesn't say for you your religion and for me my religion and zahid pointed out this this uh, translation um, that i have just read out to you and it started me thinking about use of the word deen in the holy quran and in fact before uh, i go on with that i want to uh, sort of side track slightly and go off on a tangent um and that is that you know i'm reminded of something that hazrat misay maud alaihissalam said although it was in the context of uh, uh, employment uh, <coughs> and earning money and he said <coughs> he said i don't stop you from going out and getting a job and working and earning money i don't stop you from uh, doing starting a business and doing business uh, to earn money but what you, what you should do is that wherever you are and whatever you're doing try and see if you can use that for propagation of islam and 
improve your understanding of the Holy Quran. And if we, it occurred to me, if we keep this in, in, in mind, wherever we are, whatever we're doing, like, you know, we were uh, walking around uh, uh, the palace of a German king, uh, or we'd just come out of that uh, when this, uh, this happened. And uh, when I came back, I went through the Holy Quran and tried to find as many places I could where the word deen is used. And as I said, it's been translated even by, differently in different places, even by Hazrat Maulana Muhammad Ali. As, as I said, master of the day of requital, other people translate that as master of the day of judgment, um, as recompense, for you is your recompense and for me is my recompense. And of course, religion as well. He it is who sent his messenger with the guidance and the religion of truth. Dinil Hakki. But it occurred to me, and this is often said by Muslims uh, to non-Muslims, that Islam is not a religion in the sense that you have other religions and in the sense that people follow other religions. And that is, you know, you go to church and you pray on Sunday or you go to synagogue and pray on Saturday or you go to Mandar, whatever day it is, and you pray there and perform your devotions and so on. And one, when you come out, you are free of bounds of religion. Your religion is confined to the church or synagogue or the, the place of worship that, uh, that you may have. And Muslims say, Islam calls itself a deen. Deen means, not a religion in, in, in the sense that I have just described, but the way you live your life. The way you live your life. And it occurred to me that if we take deen to mean the way people live their lives, then a lot of problems and confusion and, and, and questions that arise, they are clarified. Let me give you a different example. Muslims say that all prophets were Muslims. And you will be astounded to learn that when they say that, they actually think that Hazrat Ibrahim and Hazrat Musa and Hazrat uh, Yaqub and Hazrat Isa, they all prayed like us, or they gave zakat like us, or they performed hajj like us. You see, that is because they misunderstand the use of the word Muslim in that context. What it means is this, that they were obedient to God. Not that they prayed like us or they gave zakat in, in, in the same way or performed hajj to Makkah and so on. So these Arabic words, you can, you can use it as a noun or you can use it as an adjective. As far as prophets are concerned, the word Muslim is not being used as a noun 
to describe the religion they belong to, but the word is being used as an adjective to show what quality they had. And what was their quality? That they obeyed Allah, they were obedient to Allah without question. God said to Hazrat Ibrahim, sacrifice your son. And he said, okay, he didn't question God. If we lose a dear one or if we suffer a loss, then immediately we question God's wisdom and his majesty and power and we say, why me? Why did this have to happen to me? But they were Muslims because they never questioned God. As I said, Hazrat Ibrahim is told to sacrifice his son. He says, fine. God says, I'll do it. Hazrat Ismail is told by Hazrat Ibrahim that this is God's command that I should sacrifice you. And what does he do? Does he run away from home? If these days you say to a teenager, do this or do that, and they don't like it, they open their bedroom window in the middle of the night and climb out and run away. And the next thing you know is you've received a call from social services saying, do you realize where, son, where your son or daughter or your child is? But what does this teenager say? He says, fine. That's fine. God has told you to sacrifice me. I'm not going to object to God's command. So they were Muslims because they never questioned what God demanded of them. And they accepted it willingly. We know of Hazrat Ayyub, Job in English, that at one stage he possessed everything one could wish for. And then a time came that, uh, you know, uh, God said to uh, Satan, look at Job, look at Ayyub, my servant, how obedient and grateful he is to me. And Satan said, well, why wouldn't he be? You've given him everything. So God said, okay, I'll take this away. I'll take his power away. And then he said to Satan, look, how obedient and grateful Hazrat Ayyub is. And he said, well, he still has his money. And so it went on until Satan said, well, he's grateful because he still has his health. So Hazrat Ayyub fell very ill. And for years, he suffered. And he never complained. And then God said to, to Satan, look at Ayyub, look at Job. Look at my faithful servant, how obedient and grateful he is to me. Because Hazrat Ayyub always prayed. He didn't say, I don't have this. To him, the glass was never half empty, it was always half full. He always prayed, thank God I have this. Thank God I have this. And never said, why have you put me to this trouble? I had all the power, I had all the money, I had my health. Uh, there was nothing in the world that I would want, and yet I've lost it all. So it is in that sense that prophets were Muslims. 
And it is in the same sense that when it is said, and we have this strange thing, so and so has reverted to Islam, because it is said that every child is born and his nature is on Islam. And it is his parents who make him a, whatever religion it is. So, when someone embraces Islam, they have now coined a new term to say, this one has reverted to Islam. Well, being Muslim in that sense that a baby when he is born, his nature is on Islam, does not mean that that baby, if left to his own devices, is going to grow up and start saying five daily prayers and give zakat and go to hajj and so on. What it means is that as opposed to many other religions, which regard human beings by nature as being sinful, Islam regards human beings as being innocent and good. And it is their experience of this world then that uh, leads them into, uh, into other ways. So, I think the same applies to the word deen here. If we treat deen, the word Arabic word deen, as the way people live, the way you live, the way I live, then a lot of questions, is this against Islam, is, is that against Islam, will be covered by that. You know, people ask, you know, a same-sex marriage is allowed in Islam. They are not allowed in Islam. But then, when we look at this verse of the Holy Quran, chapter 109, that I do not worship what, what you worship, or what you think to be right and correct, I do not accept that. You do not worship what I worship, or what I believe to be correct and the right thing to do, you do not do that. Lakum deenakum waliyadi. You live the way you want to. And I will live the way I want to, and on the day of judgment, God will decide. If we take this view of Islam, then what happens is that all the prejudice against different people disappears. We have <coughs> um, what are called hijras in, in uh, Pakistan. And there is a great deal of prejudice. They cannot help the natural imbalance that is created in them. So, although men, they behave like women. And people don't give them jobs. Why? If someone of that state, in that state, is well qualified, he has a PhD in physics, or he comes top in law, why can't he become a judge? Why can't he get a job to work at some top research institution? Just because he has this affliction. The families reject them. If we actually believe that everything comes from God, then these people were created in this shape or this form by God. It is not their fault. So why are we rejecting them? So why is society 
rejecting them? Why are we showing prejudice against them? They are not even allowed into, into houses uh, and there are all kinds of things like, uh, you know, if they come into a house, they bring uh, bad fortune and bad luck into the house and this will happen to the people of the house. And then this is a trick that they use to their advantage as well. If they ask you for money and you say no, and they say, well, if you don't give me 10 rupees, then I'll send a curse on you. And you know what uh, our curses are like, you know, they, they destroy uh, families and so So they use it as well. But the point is, you can't have this contradiction. You can't say on the one hand that, well, whatever God has created, we should be grateful for it. And then if, God forbid, you do get a child which suffers from this hormonal imbalance, then you treat them in this, uh, this way. And, and this is true if you watch uh, Pakistani television, they're now beginning to air these issues and show how these children are thrown out of their houses and particularly fathers disown them because they say they bring our families into disrepute and they give our family a bad name. Why? If you believe in God, if you believe God created everything, so why are you discriminating against, against this, this, this person? So I think a lot of problems have arisen because perhaps in those places where God deliberately made his revelation to be very wide, we made it narrow. where God meant Deen to be the way people live, we translated that into religion and then not only religion, from religion strictly just into Islam. And if you look at all these verses, Master of the Day of Requital, Malika Yawmiddin, but why can't we translate that? He will decide how you lived your life because he is the master of that deen, the way you conducted yourself. Can you see people who the way they live, they deny the objectives for which man was created? to be like religion and they are enjoyed, this is verse, chapter 98 verse 5, and they are enjoyed not but to serve Allah, being sincere to him in obedience. Now look at this, mukhlasina lahuddeen, being sincere to God is how Hazrat Maulana Muhammad Ali has translated uh, uh, this part of this, this, this verse. And then at the end, وَزَعَلِكَ دِينُ الْقِيَامَةِ And that is, sorry, دِينُ الْقَيِّمَةِ And that is the right religion. Why can't we translate that as that is the right way to live, that is the right way to spend your life. You know, it's no different. 
you go to school, and this happens to you every day. You go to your class for maths, and the teacher says 2 plus 2 is 4. That is the right way to do it. If you insist 2 plus 2 is 5, or 2 plus 2 is 3, or 2 plus 2 is 22, then that is up to you. It doesn't matter how much the teacher beats you, how much the teacher makes you stand in a corner, how much the teacher gives you detention. If you are determined to believe that 2 plus 2 is 5, then there is nothing the teacher can do to make you believe that it is 4, although the right way, the right thing is that 2 plus 2 is 4. Now the question then is, and this is where the day of judgment, the day of requital comes in, what happens when you leave that school and you go out into ordinary life? You get a job in Tesco's, as Yahya would tell you. Someone comes, they've got two items. One item is two pounds, the other item is two pounds. And you say, that'll be five pounds. What's the man going to do? He's going to give you a slap in the face and say, are you trying to do me out of a pound? Two plus two is four. The next thing, you're out on the street and you've lost your job. By not following the correct advice, by not doing the right thing, this is the consequence. And that is what the Quran is saying. God is telling you the right way and this is the right way to live your life. But you don't want to do it, don't do it. But just like you leave school and get a job in Tesco's and suffer, in the same way, when you get into the next life, you will suffer because you would not have followed the right path, you would not have followed the right advice. And that applies to anything. Maths is the easiest way to explain it. It applies to physics, it applies to chemistry, it applies to history, it applies to geography. You know, you're answering a paper on geography and they say, you know, explain to us why the Dutch built so many dikes. And you start off by saying, while Holland is located in the Bay of Bengal, and in the Bay of Bengal, there are lots of storms. Do you think you're going to get many marks for placing Holland in the Bay of Bengal rather than on the continent of Europe? Of course you're not. You're given advice on what is the right thing and you've chosen to ignore it. The teacher doesn't suffer. The person who wrote the textbook doesn't suffer. The person who designed the syllabus doesn't suffer. Who suffers? You. And that's the whole point about Islam. Islam says, here it is, God says this is the right way to live. You don't want to do it, as the Holy Prophet said. You're not going to worship what I worship, and I'm not going to worship what you worship. Well, okay, fair enough. You're welcome to your, the way you want to live, and I'm welcome, I should be welcome, or I should be allowed to, be, to live the way I live. And as I said, if you actually take that approach, that gets rid of a lot of prejudice that we show for these uh, communities who, according to Islam, are not behaving in the way that uh, God has commanded. But then that is for God to decide, that is not for us to decide. 
our job should be is someone honest is someone truthful are they doing their job properly and that is all that should matter when we come to our dealings with people who in other ways perhaps are behaving in a way that we say is not approved